Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Hi, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow my esteemed co host, Cammie, at Cammie and G. Just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. For all your automotive needs, check out rockauto.com. Make sure you tell them Locked On Longhorns sent you. Cammie, it was a wild weekend. Um, it actually, it was a wild week. I mean, we had the on again, off again cancellations, and then there was only six conferences left standing, but that wasn't the wild news of the week. Oh, I know. And speaking of wild news, I feel like it's been the past month. It, or it, least, it, yeah, it really has. You know, it, we, we heard rumors this past weekend that there was a big commit. I mean, Brian Carrington, the director of, of recruiting, had, you know, kind of hinted at it. And, you know, he's he's known for that. He, oh, he yeah, puts they were a, doing those teasing tweets all day and it was driving us crazy. Yeah, it was just these vague tweets. We didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden, Quinn Ewers, 2022 quarterback, number one prospect, perfect rating. Everybody wanted him. But what happened? He put out a tweet. He committed to the University of Texas. Now, a lot of people bring up the fact that it's early on. But uh, it's still pretty, uh, pretty exciting that a perfect prospect, number one overall, commits to Texas, second straight recruiting cycle that the number one overall quarterback goes to the Big 12. Yes, and actually I, I did kind of, that was my first um, gut instinct was that it was pretty early, but uh, when you think about uh, how high profile of a prospect he is, and um, I think he kind of had in mind to commit early so that he could kind of uh, recruit those other, I guess, highly sought after players in his recruiting co- class to come come back to Austin with him. So uh, I hope everything works out. I was a little bit shocked he committed that early, but I mean, it was it's the highest graded prospect since Vince Young, so... Um, it's obviously it was a historic day for the Longhorns. Yeah, in the history of composite rankings, which dates back to 2000, there's only been two perfect prospect ratings for a quarterback. And mind you, even the great Trevor Lawrence didn't have a perfect prospect rating. Uh, the only two are Quinn Ewers, obviously, and Vince Young. That's it. That's your list. And, and so I thought that was quite interesting that you would see him commit to Texas. Obviously, he grew up in Texas. South Lake Carroll is a suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth area. So, I mean, it's it's North Texas, but he grew up a Longhorns man. I mean, the, you even saw in the, his commitment announcement, he's got pictures of him in a, a Longhorns uniform as a kid. So, it's obviously something he grew up and and so he's a huge Longhorn fan. And honestly, regardless of how you felt about where he was going to go, but for a kid of that magnitude, getting the opportunity to play for his childhood team, it, you'd be hard-pressed to pass that up. Yeah, and like he mentioned uh, throughout his commitment and shortly after, he was saying he it basically felt like he was fulfilling a lifelong dream. And so I think for Texas fans and those who cover uh, college football kind of thought it was too good to be true um, until it actually happened. So even though it's kind of early on for his commitment announcement, I think um, everything should go pretty smoothly. Yeah, and if if you look at it, and think about it, Mike Yersich, he just pulled off the biggest recruit ever uh, right. as far as what you're looking at there. You know, mm-hmm. when you factor in the fact that he got the top quarterback, and you have to go back and look. Uh, 
Fox Sports put out a top 10, like, single-season passing leaders in Big 12 history. Uh, obviously, it's it's dominated by Texas Tech quarterbacks for good reason. They throw the ball right. out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at the other two names that are on there, Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. and Brandon Whedon, both were coached by Mike Yersich. Right. You know, so so you look at that and go, okay, uh, you know, yours is he's possibly looking at that going, not only do I have to play for my hometown team, but this guy knows what to do with quarterbacks, about throwing the ball around and things of that nature. But the biggest thing that it does, like you mentioned, is what does that do for everyone around it? Because when you think about him committing to Texas, that's a program changer. Oh, it is. And I think uh, now that we're talking about your search and the uh, new offense that uh, Texas is kind of running now, I think um, his commitment to Texas kind of gives confidence in the, I guess, rebuilt coaching staff there. Cause we've mentioned how uh, this is his term as one chance to kind of rebuild that staff. So I think that's uh, a lot of confidence in the coaching staff that they'll remain around uh, throughout his career, I would say at Texas. So I thought that was interesting. And um, yeah, I think it's going to impact the 2022 recruiting class significantly. We've already seen um, four, four star, five star, the top safety in the country, Kamari Wilson. We've, we've seen all those people uh, continuously talk about uh, Texas and uh, what his commitment kind of meant to them. So um, I would be very shocked if we didn't land a couple more four or five star recruits in that class. Yeah. And speaking of Kamari Wilson, five star safety out of Florida, He's really been teasing it. Uh, right. If you've been paying attention, if you looked on his, and I didn't notice this till people started posting it on his Instagram, it actually has at Texas football, which is, if you know, the Texas Longhorns social media handle. Uh, so I thought that was funny that he's got that. And then he's, you know, tweeting out, you know, the, the hook em emojis and he's putting out these videos where it says like 24 Texas. 24, obviously, is the number he wears in Texas, obviously. You know, it's, it almost feels like he's toying with them. But I, I do know that there's real interest there. And and Jay Valai is doing a fantastic job of getting these guys interested. But but you're right. You, you talk a lot about some of these guys in the 2022 class. You know, Faison Wilson, um, he's a, he was the first commit for the class, a four-star wide receiver. And you know mm-hmm. he's got to be excited. You know, there's uh, Samuel Mbake who tweeted out, Wherever the top quarterback goes in my class, that's where I'm going to. Um, interesting. Four-star wide receiver. Uh, could he be going to Texas? Texas hadn't showed any interest as of yet as far as offer-wise. They haven't offered him. Uh, but, you know, that could get things rolling. You know, and obviously there's the the Caleb Burton mm-hmm. wide receiver. He, he's an, he's the top wide receiver in the class, and, and he's got interest in Texas. And now with Quinn Ewers going there, you know, that could change a lot of things, you know. So, but like you said, we saw a lot over the weekend. Uh, if, you, if you want to see some of those, go to longhornswire.usatoday.com. We have some reactionary posts for the Quinn Ewers commitment as far as what Texas players were saying immediately after and what the top recruits in the country are saying. You know, this is going to be an imp- that's going to make an impact, and, and very much we could see. Uh, the Texas team starting to get some of those higher level recruits, those those blue chip wide receivers, those top level athletes. And, you know, that could just only be an improvement for Texas. But the big question that remains now is what do they do with the loaded quarterback room uh, on Sam Ellinger? Uh, if you look at it right now, you have Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, 
Quinn and Jackson. Next year, you have Jalen Milrow. And then in 2022, Quinn Ewers. So you have a very talent-rich quarterback room. Obviously, you think somebody's going to leave or somebody's going to change positions because uh, they want to play, obviously. And Mm -hmm. you can't get every single one of them. And obviously, Ewers is going to be – all eyes are going to be on Ewers. Uh, If you want – and I'm not saying he's this guy, but when you watch the tape on Ewers, I haven't seen an arm that electric, uh, at least in the state of Texas, since Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's got that kind of talent. I mean, he can sling it. Uh, so you think all eyes are going to be on him, but like, what does that mean for for a Hudson Card or or Jaquin and Jackson? I mean, we know Card played well, wide receiver. Yeah, I oh yeah, I don't think Card would move positions in in any way. I think um, most likely case for him is uh, it, it kind of to me you have to think about the 2021 season because uh, Ellinger is obviously a senior coming into this season. He's going to be gone, and um, it's going to kind of be a battle. I'm not sure yet what Casey Thompson's going to do, but. Um, Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, I think, are the two primary favorites to uh, start in 2021. And then you have to look at how, um, I guess, what their production looks like in 2021, whether they're having a lot of success or not. And so I think um, that will kind of play into how fast Quinn can come in and uh, take over that starting role. But I think um, expectations are sky high regarding him. He can probably come in and start as a true freshman. So I think uh, Jaquindon Jackson, if anyone has the uh, physical stature and ability, I think to switch positions, if he uh, wanted to get playing time elsewhere at Texas, but I think it's likely probably that Hudson card, um, if he doesn't uh, start in 2021 and have a successful season, I think he might transfer. I think Jalen Milrow uh, might look at someone like Alabama and um, kind of reconsider his commitment after uh, Quinn. But I'm hoping at least uh, one or two of those guys stay and um, offer up a pretty significant uh, quarterback battle for that 2022 season. And I think the quarterback battle actually starts this season between Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, who's going to take over. Uh, Jaquinta Jackson, obviously, is going to be in the mix. I thought he was a little bit behind, but, you know, from all the intentions and purpose, what we're seeing in, in camp, he's looking pretty good. Um, you know, but I really think it's a three-quarterback battle to see who's going to be QB2 going into this season. Um, but coming up next, we're going to get into another funny tweet that happened in regards to uh, Quinn Ewer's recruitment, is a commitment. Uh, and then, obviously, we got some bad news that we needed to discuss that happened over the weekend. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. I don't know about you, Cami, but during this pandemic, this social distancing, I don't like to go to stores. I don't like to go in. If I can if I can pull up at a grocery store, do my order on my phone, and they bring it right to me, I never have to go in. I think it's fantastic. Also, you got to definitely got to check them out because you know what? I don't like going to auto play stores. Cami, what about you? Do you, do you want to go to O'Reilly's? Do you want to go to AutoZone? I'd prefer not to. Yeah, definitely don't want to. So we're definitely going to have to go online, right? So you need something. You need a part for your car. It's not acting right. You need spark plugs. Or maybe you need to change out your ted- your taillights, your headlights. Go to rockauto.com. Check it out. They got every make, every model, every edition of every model. Everything that you need right there at your fingertips. Very convenient. Go to rockauto.com, and when you check out, tell me, friends, that Locked on Longhorn sent you. All right, Cami, so the funny thing that happened after the Quinn Ewers commitment, Blake Smith, who is a current tight end 
at Texas A&M. Actually, he's pretty familiar. He played at South Lake Carroll with Quinn Ewers. And he tweeted out, well, if I was a wide receiver tight end commit, I would go play with him. Yeah, I thought that that was that caught my attention nearly immediately. I had to literally click on his account and be like, is this a current player? Because that doesn't seem right. It almost feels like he was endorsing um, offensive players to uh, go play with Quinn over at Texas. So he obviously deleted that pretty shortly after. I think he kind of realized uh, the impact uh, of his words there. But uh, that wasn't before you were able to screenshot it. So that was definitely uh, one of the popular topics over the past week. Yeah, too bad. I'm, I'm- I'm quick draw McGraw on the uh, screenshots. So <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I know he's going to delete this. So let me screenshot it real quick. Uh, because obviously that's going to cause a stir yeah. anytime an Aggie says something positive about Texas. It's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to blow up. And it did, you know, we, we posted on our website. Then next thing you know, Bleacher Report's picking it up. 24-7's picking it up. Uh I know that they were not happy in the Texas Ag, <laughs> Tex Ag's uh, message board. I And I know that not because I subscribe to it, but buddies of mine who do subscribe to it sent me screenshots and they said they are not happy with you right now. I'm like, well, newsflash, I don't care if Aggies are happy with me or not. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, and, you know, and it was one of those funny things where somebody, you know, said something. And so we, it was a reaction thing. So, you know, we had to go with it. It was funny. Um, And obviously it causes a stir among the Aggie faithful. Um, And and Texas Longhorn fans love it. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that was the funny part of the weekend. Now let's get to the bad news. There's always bad news. There's always bad news, right? Uh, Bad news that we found out. uh, Standout freshman wide receiver, Troy O'Meyer. O'Meyer, O'Meyer. I don't know how you say it. Went down an injury after the first scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Tom Herman came out and said that he tweaked his knee a bit. Uh, turns out it was a lot more than a tweak. Yeah, Anwar Richardson actually uh, reported the very next morning that it sounded like he uh, tore his ACL. So that was uh, obviously disheartening news. And it's unclear whether uh, he partially tore his ACL or completely tore it or things like that. But um, it was significant enough to where he's likely going to miss the entire season. And that was um, discouraging because he was probably the most pleasant surprise. And like you mentioned, he was the standout guy on offense throughout the fall camp. Um, the short period that it's been going on. And uh, we've seen pictures of his physical uh, presence. He's obviously uh, very big out on that field. And I think he would have had a significant role in that offense and could have even competed for a starting role as a true freshman. So um, even though he went down with an injury, I think his comeback is going to be um, pretty successful. And I think um, at least now Texas knows what they have in him. Yeah, you know, the the interesting thing with him, uh, I got a very much, because of size and athletic ability, I got a very much – Roy Williams vibe from him. Oh yeah, his size and does the, really remind me of him. And the the quickness that he has. I mean, when you see a guy that size, you don't expect him to move like that, you know. So uh, when you look at him, that that's kind of what I looked at. And you know, I and other people that I've talked to around Texas athletics have said the same thing. You know, they kind of thought, you know, he has that similar style. It was, you know, it remains unseen because obviously Roy Williams is a big time deal at the University of Texas, all time leading mm-hmm. receiver. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's some heavy praise to be compared to a guy who's number one in, in school history. But, you know, that's kind of the vibe you got from him. And, you know, it's unfortunate now he'll probably redshirt this season and have four years of eligibility beyond this year. 
Um, and it kind of goes back to that quarterback question. Whoever's leading the way is going to have a weapon uh, at his at their disposal for the next several years. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. Uh, what is, you know, if any, what kind of impact does that have on, on the wide receiver group? Obviously, we know the starters, Brendan Eagles. Uh, well, we think Joshua Moore. You got Tariq Black in there. You have Jake Smith. Uh, then you add in Jordan Whittington, provided he can stay healthy. Um, you know, he was probably in the mix to to get some snaps. I mean, I don't think they would have been significant, but it might have been similar to the uh, Brennan Eagles role last season. Uh, obviously, they had Colin Johnson out there and Devin DuVernay. So, uh, you know, Brennan, he got some snaps, and, and obviously he was second on the team in, in receiving yards tied with Jake Smith for second in, in touchdowns. But, I mean, do you think that's going to impact him a great deal? Um, not particularly, just because I think he's a true freshman and you kind of limit expectations at that point. So if anything, I think it was more of a pleasant surprise that he was going to receive a significant amount of uh, playing time and play a role in that offense um, immediately coming in. But um, I think this might actually work out for him in the future to be able to redshirt and understand the system a lot better. Um, obviously, he was impressing um, right when he got on campus. So I think he'll have a successful season at Texas. But in terms of the position group as a whole, I don't think it'll impact um, the starting roles much. Uh, the competition they have out there at outside receiver with Brennan Eagles. They have Tariq Black. They have Josh Moore, we've mentioned. They have Marcus Washington. Um, they have Woodard out there. So they have plenty of talent and depth at that position that um, it won't be much of a step back for them. Well, I'm just going to say this. Don't sleep on uh, Kelvante Dixon. Ooh, the little speedster. The speedster, yeah. So uh, obviously uh, Keontae Ingram's brother, uh, From they both came from Carthage. And, and I'm just going to say don't sleep on him because I think he could he could surprise some folks. He could kind of be their deep threat this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. There's going to be a lot made about, you know, getting the ball downfield in a, in a Mike Yersich offense. And and those type of wide receivers seem to do well in his offense. So he's a guy that that I would definitely say keep your eye on because uh, he definitely could work his way up. Um, but coming up next, we're going to get into uh, some confirmations on the upcoming season as far as attending. And a uh, big-time Sooner has opted out of the season. All right, Cammie, Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, are you familiar with him? Oh, yes. I think he's probably one of the top 80s uh, all-around college football. Yeah, and he's very approachable. Uh, he, he takes time to answer questions from fans and, and media alike. He uh, They sent out an email where Chris Del Conte said they were ready to rock and roll on the season. Uh, finally confirmed there will be 25% capacity at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium and the great thing Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman uh, tweeted out that they are not expected to give any allotments to visiting fans so it's going to be 100% UT in the stadium for the 25,000 people that are going to be allowed to attend home games. Yeah, I think that's great in terms of uh, the visiting teams because you're, you're trying to limit travel um, uh, from people from other states, especially. So um, I think that that was a smart move. It sounds like they're very organized. We've mentioned how they already have the plane in place uh, to be cashless. Uh, everything's mobile. You have to wear your uh, mask that cover your mouth and your nose at all times throughout the stadium. So um, I think they have a great plan in place. And I think the 25% capacity, because I know they were debating uh, even 50% capacity for a while. So I think 25% is kind of that safe bet. Uh, to make sure everything uh, goes well and things like that. So 
it sounds like uh, Texas is probably the most organized program in all of college football throughout this COVID-19 stuff. Yeah, they got that set up. Uh, obviously, I was excited at not hearing the not having to hear the opposing fans, obviously, because right. you want to have in a home game. It typically is this way anyway, but uh, in a home game, you want to have home field advantage. So obviously you want your team, your fans to be quiet when, when you're on offense and you want them to be loud when the opposing team is on offense, right. um, you know, and that's the way to ensure it, uh, even with the limited amount. I mean, 25,000 people can still make some noise, you know, uh, it's not going to be the hundred thousand that we're accustomed to, uh, but you know, 25,000 is still a good number. Uh, Texas OU weekend. Everybody gets excited about it. Oh, yeah. uh, so they're going to, they're only going to have 25% capacity at the stadium. 12.5% for each side. So Texas fans, OU fans will both be there, obviously. Uh, that's going to be exciting. But I'm still interested to see because they said that bands won't be traveling. So I wonder if because it's a neutral side, are they going to have bands there as well? I I would be surprised if they have the band go out there. Um, but if not, I'm sure they could do something similar to what maybe like the MLB did and kind of have that noise and uh, band and music and fan reaction maybe um over the intercom but i i would be surprised if the fan uh, the band went out there but yeah that's going to be uh one of the weirdest parts i guess about that game is because you're just used to it being completely packed there's not an empty seat in the place and it's very very loud obviously so but i think it's fair the 12.5 percent uh, for each team at least uh it'll be i i don't know like i mentioned at least it'll be fair i'd prefer 25 percent texas and zero percent Oklahoma, <laughs> but you know uh yeah. You you like the you like the hatred towards uh, yeah you have though. to it's it's a rivalry right um, and you gotta love you know it's funny is I, I wrote a rooting guide uh, to Texas OU for Michigan fans and Ohio State fans obviously yeah. Texas and Michigan are kind of similar and Ohio State and Oklahoma are similar but here's the key this rivalry revolves around Tom Herman and then why I say that is Oklahoma fans. Don't like Tom Herman. Why? Obviously, because he's the head coach of Texas. Uh, Ohio State fans do not like Tom Herman. So that's why they align. And then, obviously, if Ohio State doesn't like something, Michigan's going to like it because that's how a rivalry works. Exactly. Uh, so I thought that was it was an interesting point, and it seemed like it all revolved around Tom Herman. Yeah, but hopefully uh, Tom Herman can catch up kind of in that rivalry uh, with the OU game because uh, he's fallen behind quite a bit since he's been at Texas. Well, unlike Jim Harbaugh, Tom Herman has actually beaten his rival. Yeah, at least once. At least once. Uh, you know, so and, – and that's going to be the interesting part is can Texas finally catch Oklahoma this season? Uh, this might be their best shot at doing it. Um, I don't know if you've heard, Kimmy. But their star running back who had back-to-back 1,100-yard rushing seasons, Kennedy Brooks has opted out of the 2020 season. And that was a huge loss for Oklahoma. I didn't think he had too much competition um, other than some young guys in there. But, uh, yeah, that was a significant loss. And I think as a Texas fan, um, you, you're, you kind of feel indifferent about it because you want to play against the toughest competition possible. You don't want any excuses surrounding that. So. Um, I'm not sure what his reasoning was, uh, whether it was just COVID related, whether it was something off the field, uh, maybe he had some type of injury. I have no idea. It could be uh, a variety of different reasons, but yeah, that was definitely significant. You know, and, and one of the things that um, you have to factor in is he could be looking at the NFL draft. 
He doesn't right. want to risk anything. So rather than play, just, you know, practice or, or train, I should say, for get ready for the NFL draft. Um, you know, he, he's viewed as one of the top running backs coming out. So uh, that might be a reason why. But when you look at Oklahoma as a whole, I mean, they're breaking in a new quarterback. They don't have Jalen Hurts. He left in the NFL draft. They don't have C.D. Lamb. So really what you're looking at is an offense that's missing most, if not all, of its production from a season ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I, maybe he's indifferent about uh, how he feels the season will play out. Maybe he doesn't even think they'll play a full season or something along those lines. But like I mentioned, it could be a variety of reasons, including the NFL draft. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But that was definitely a big loss for Oklahoma. Yeah, it definitely was a big loss for Oklahoma. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in to the latest edition of the Locked On NFL Draft. Trevor Sycamore, Benjamin Solak, they do a fantastic job. Just tell your smart device. Play the latest edition of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. But for Cammy, I'm Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Hook them.